Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming podcast. Amanda here, your host, and thank you for joining me. I am happy to have you listening, whether you're a longtime listener or you just recently found the show. Thank you. Thank you for spending time. I know your time is valuable. And I want to talk today about schedules, specifically nurse practitioner versus RN schedules. And I recently put up a question box on Instagram, and I was asking specifically about what types of NP specialties people wanted to learn more about. And that's for a little project that I'll tell you about probably at the beginning of next month. But not surprisingly, a few responses said, anyone who works three 12-hour shifts as an NP. (laughs) So there were a handful of you that didn't really care what specialty you were learning about, but you specifically wanted to know about what types of areas and what types of specialties have a three 12-hour shift schedule for NPs. And honestly, this is a question and a comment that comes up time and time again. Being a nurse practitioner is a great profession, and it can come with a lot of pros when compared to being an RN. But one thing that not many new NPs or future NPs realize is that sometimes the grass is not greener when it comes to a traditional NP schedule. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about what you can expect in terms of your schedule as a nurse practitioner, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll compare this to traditional RN schedules, and we'll also talk about why you should be thinking about this even if you are in the early stages of applying to NP school. So let's start by talking a bit about RN schedules. Many of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with these typical schedules. And of course, there's a lot of variability, but I'm going to talk to you about some common scenarios. Most RNs who are working in a hospital or subacute setting are working longer shifts, often around 12 hours. And for many, three 12-hour shifts in one week equals a full-time schedule. So it might be the type of situation where 36 hours a week is your full-time schedule, or in some instances, you could work three 12s and then there'd be kind of four hours of float time. So depending on the pay period, like you might have three 12s one week, four 12s another if you're working a 40-hour work week. Now, if your facility is one that is open 24 hours, like a hospital or a long-term care center, it's possible you might be on a rotating schedule, meaning that some shifts you work days, some shift you work evening or nights, or you might be assigned to a day, evening, or night shift kind of primary schedule. This is really location specific. It depends on the facility. I've worked in places where nurses have 
been rotators essentially, um, unless they were on permanent nights. So in any given pay period, they might be working 7A to 7P or 7P to 7A or like a mid-shift, like 5P to 5A or vice versa. Um, But I've also worked in places where you were hired for a particular shift. So there were a group of nurses who were always on the 7A to 7P, who were always on, you know, 10A to 10P or 5P to 5A depending on on how it is. So this is really uh, location-specific. And in some instances, there are weekend contract positions, and those would be nurses who only work weekend shifts, and in exchange, there might be a higher hourly rate of pay and or a lower number of hours needed to have full-time status. Now, there are definitely some negatives that come with this traditional 12-hour shift scheduling format. And what I view as some negatives are the fact that, first of all, shifts are long and recovery is often needed. If you've ever worked three 12s in a row, whether it's days, evenings, or nights, you probably understand the fact that it takes you a good entire day usually to recover from that intense stretch of work. Uh, And sometimes that day off after your three in a row can feel like a lost day. I definitely felt this when working nights. You know, my last night would, you know, go till 7 a.m. in the morning. And technically that whole day was my day off, quote unquote, but I was sleeping till three o'clock, waking up, trying to flip back to a regular schedule uh, for the rest of my days off. So This can be really taxing on your body to work this type of scheduling format. Also, there's usually a weekend and or holiday requirement. Usually, like I would say even more than usually, it's very rare to be in a setting that's open 24 hours like a hospital or a long-term care center and not have to work some weekends and or holidays. And this can really affect your social and family time. And I want to tell you a little bit of a, a story from my childhood, my mom worked on the floor as a nurse until I was in high school when she transitioned to an outpatient environment. And I remember very clearly that every other Christmas growing up, she would be working. And my dad and I would get up early and we would go to the 6.15 a.m. Christmas service in the hospital chapel to be able to celebrate together. My mom would be there. The chapel smelled like antiseptic rather than frankincense. And my mom and all the other moms usually were in their poinsettia or reindeer scrubs. And when the service finished, my mom would walk up the ramp to the elevator to the oncology floor where she cared for patients during what was quite possibly their last Christmas. So that's where she would go. And then my dad and I would go to the family dinner celebrations. And if we were lucky, my mom would win the lottery to be able to go home early. Uh, You know, she'd be flexed, as they say, or there was some other term for it that I can't remember, but uh, they would pull numbers or there was some sort of rotation. And um, usually holidays were slower and they tried to let a nurse or two go home early. So if we were lucky, she would be one of those nurses to go home early and she'd arrive just after we'd finished the ravioli. And, you know, this is so this scenario, I can just play like a movie in my mind, you know, just remembering the fact that there were those holidays that were defined by the 
absence of my mom. And I don't say this to make anybody feel bad or even make my mom feel bad because there certainly were so many pros of her having the schedule that she did. But I can't, you know, I I always had it from the perspective of me as a kid, but now on the flip side and having had to work holidays like that, I I understand how difficult it is uh, as a parent to, or whether or not you're a parent, just to be separated from your family on those few days a year that are really meaningful and, and the days where lots of memories are made. So I personally see this as a potential con of this of this schedule. Now, there are certainly many pros, many advantages of this type of schedule, though It can sometimes be hard to see when you're in the thick of it, especially if you are dwelling on those negatives. But here are what I think are the best parts of having a 12-hour, like a three 12-hour shift schedule. First of all, days off during the week. (laughs) You can go grocery shopping on a random Tuesday morning. You can get your hair cut. You can go to doctor's appointments. You can do all the things that you want to do without taking days off and without using your weekend time, especially if you have kids who are in school or a partner who works traditional business hours, um, it's nice to get a lot of these obligations done when you're not cutting into any social time and also places seem to be less busy. Uh, The ability to schedule your shifts with built-in stretches of time off without having to request vacation or PTO. This is huge, especially if you are someone who prioritizes travel or you you have friends or a partner who's long distance and you're going out of town frequently. When you have three 12s, you can get your work done in a shorter part of the week, right? Like you can potentially schedule your shifts or ask to be unavailable on a long stretch of days without having to take time off. So whether it's you're working three days and then off four, because that's just the type of schedule you want, or if you want to take a trip and you don't want to take time off or you don't have time off, you can potentially build in a week off somewhere without having to take time just by how you stack your shifts. Now, another benefit is the ability to adjust your hours within your role. So if you need to cut back your hours or want to go from part-time to full-time, this is likely able to be accommodated in many scenarios without having to apply for a whole new job. I experienced this firsthand. I was fortunate after my twins were born in my last NP position, I was able to move from a rotator spot to a straight nights position. And big shocker, people weren't really begging for straight nights positions because it's not what a lot of people want, but this got me off the shift rotation and I was able to have priority scheduling. So night shift people were able to essentially self-schedule, choose the nights that you wanted to work and nine times out of 10, the requests were granted. And this overall worked better for me and my family as we tried to figure out childcare for two infants with two full-time working parents. And even though I had to work nights, it was easier to have a routine rather than always wondering or finding out a month at a time what days I'd be working, what hours I'd be working and having to kind of figure out on the fly or figure out with short notice what type of childcare we needed that month. Another benefit, 12-hour shifts usually are shifts that start and end and don't bleed into the rest of your day, especially if you if someone's taking over for you. Like if you're doing a handoff or a sign out or a report to an oncoming shift, 
that means that your shift has a nice boundary to it. You know, if there's something that's outstanding or something that hasn't finished or a treatment that's still going or something that needs followed up on, you can hand it off to the person who's taking over for you. Also, this type of schedule tends to have a minimal on-call or off-shift requirements. Of course, this can be depending on the position, dependent on whether you're in any sort of leadership role, but um, sometimes there are staff meetings, but for the most part, there's no mandatory on-call or there's no reason for you to be doing your work outside of your working hours. So that's my overview of the typical RN schedule, which is the three 12-hour shifts and the pros and cons from my perspective. Hey friend, this episode is brought to you by my membership community, the NP Society. If you are ready to become the NP you always wanted to be, then the NP Society is the place for you. This is a community that is designed for nurse practitioners and students to thrive beyond the clinical setting. This is a safe space for you. Membership includes access to our off-Facebook chat community, as well as weekly virtual events that include guest expert masterclasses, social events, self-care classes, and clinical roundtable discussions. This is the first organization that puts the professional, that's you, at the center, and I cannot wait to meet you inside. To choose your membership level, head to thenpsociety.com or click the link in the show notes. Again, that's thenpsociety.com, and I hope to see you on the inside. Now I want to give you an overview of what you can expect, what types of schedules you can expect in the nurse practitioner world. And especially if you're not yet an NP or you're considering becoming an NP, I I want you to pay attention here because uh, I'm not sure a lot of people think about this before they make the decision to go down this path or, or before they decide which specialty to go down even. So this can of course vary and is mostly dependent on the type of setting you're in, but these are what I have seen most commonly. Now, first of all, there are definitely positions that have similar hours to what we just discussed, that kind of traditional 312s situation. And for the most part, this is typically going to be for NPs who are working in the ER or inpatient settings. And usually the types of NPs working in these arenas can be adult NPs, like adult uh, gerontology or family nurse practitioners working in the ER setting or uh, acute care NPs or specialty NPs who are working in the inpatient setting. This is a bit of a generalization because there are some places where as an FNP, you can work as a hospitalist, for example. But for the most part, if you know for sure that you need or want a 312 or a rotating or a nights type of schedule, then I encourage you to consider ER or acute care, you know, internal medicine or uh, ICU or specialty so that you can be qualified for an inpatient role. Also, yeah, adult gerontology, I have my notes here. Adult gerontology NPs can also work as hospitalists in some areas and, and some states are really strict about what they allow. So definitely check into your board of nursing before you make any assumptions. So all this to say, lots of variability, but there are definitely options for three 12-hour shifts in a rotating fashion, like a 24-7 type of schedule. So I will say that the most common schedule format for nurse practitioners is a traditional outpatient office schedule. So you can think of this as more of a Monday through Friday, nine to five type of setting. 
In some instances, in some practices, there may be extended hours during the week or weekend hours. Some places have you know, evening hours where one or two nights a week, they're open till six or seven to accommodate their patients who work during the week. Some places do the same on weekends or they reserve Saturdays for urgent care hours. It's just highly dependent on the practice. But typically you'll have an expected workday consisting of your patient care hours plus potentially some administrative or catch-up time on either end of your day. So for the most part, when patients can be seen, when there are scheduling slots, that's your working time uh, plus perhaps a buffer on either side and time for lunch. So let's talk about the pros and cons of this type of schedule, this traditional nine to five office schedule. So on the pro side, this is definitely a predictable schedule. Chances are you're going to know all your working days for the next year and maybe even beyond. So with this, you can commit to things in advance without having to worry about the schedule. You'll probably have some holiday time. You know, the practice will probably say, these are our designated holidays, and you'll know in advance, are they open on holidays or are they not open on holidays? Also, you'll likely have weekends off, and this could vary depending on the office. Like I said, some places have Saturday hours, so there could be some sort of Saturday rotation, and there could potentially be some on-call requirements, usually meaning on-call by phone for patients who call in after hours. But typically, most outpatient settings follow a holiday schedule, um, so you likely won't be wearing your poinsettia scrubs to the hospital chapel on Christmas morning. Also, another big advantage is the routine. So if you are someone who thrives on the routine of a fairly predictable day for yourself and your family, this can be an ideal schedule compared to one when you're getting a random schedule a month or six weeks at a time. So let's talk about the disadvantages or the cons because there are some and I definitely want you to have this perspective. So one of the biggest cons is that you miss out on the pros from the other schedule type. Okay. So for example, it can be really difficult to get anything done during the week other than work. You're likely dealing with having to take evening or weekend appointment times for personal visits unless you're taking time off. Nearly all trips or vacations will require you to use your PTO, which as a side note is not a bad thing. I don't want to discourage you from using or taking your PTO. I think we should all take all of our PTO every year to live happy, balanced lives. But that being said, you know, you may not have enough PTO or you may be saving it for a trip. It may not be feasible for you to be taking that time frequently if you have let's say a medical condition that requires you to have your own checkups every three months, like this is something to consider. So another thing that I see a lot and something we talk a lot about in the NP Society, which is my membership community for NPs and students, is the fact that you don't necessarily have a defined end of your shift. So chances are, if you're working in this type of setting, you're going to be a salaried employee as opposed to an hourly employee. And what that means is that there's an expectation that you get your work done at the end of the day. So if your schedule runs behind and you have charts to finish, you might be working extra. You likely will be working extra to get them done if you don't have time built into your schedule for this. And if you have to stay late to get your charts done, you're not going to get overtime. You're going to be paid your salary. Exempt salaried employees are often 
exempt from overtime in many states. So if you were to pick up an extra shift, for example, or you know, cover on a Saturday, if your clinic's open six days, that would be different. You you should expect to be paid for additional shifts. But if you are running behind or not getting your work done because of situations that may or may not be in your control, you're going to have to figure out when to get it done. And the answer can't be that you're going to cancel your patients, right? So your patients are going to be scheduled regardless, and it's up to you to figure out how to get your charting done, either while you're seeing patients, in between seeing patients, or if something happens that knocks your day off course, then you may be looking at either coming in early the next day to finish your charts or staying late before going home. And this is tricky. I'm not going to lie. This is challenging. And this difficulty with the boundaried end of your day can be a really big source of dissatisfaction. And there are certainly ways to deal with this. You know, sometimes it's efficiency that comes with time. You get better at doing this. Sometimes it's making sure that you're productivity expectations are reasonable and that you're being given the appropriate amount of time to finish your work, which is, you know, all this is kind of a story for another episode, but just to kind of let you know that this is what a lot of people struggle with, particularly when they're transitioning uh, from the nurse to NP role in this type of setting. And, you know, the other thing too, is you're in a position that has a lot of responsibility and it can be difficult to feel like your work is ever done. You know, I feel like in an RN position, you can pretty easily decide to leave work at work, but this can be a little bit more challenging when you've left work with things not finished or you have situations or patients or, you know, complicated care plans that are in your head and carrying over day to day that you're responsible for. So this is why it's really important to practice self-care and empowered boundaries And I'll never forget when I decided to remove my work email from my phone after having my twins and returning to work, this was a big, a big moment for me. So it was never an expectation. Like it wasn't written into my contract or anything that I was expected to check email from home, but so many people in my department did it. And I just one day decided that this was not sustainable and I was going to stop. So I stopped. And once in between night shifts, so I had, you know, ended my shift at 7.30, gone home, slept, woke up, took a shower, ate something and came back in. That's really all I had time for in between shifts. I got to work at 6.45 for my 7 p.m. shift and a coworker said to me, oh my gosh, did you see that email about, you know, whatever it was? I don't even remember. Uh, But I replied, no, I just got here. (laughs) I've been sleeping. I don't check my work email on my phone. And I had to, I said that a few times out loud, not only to kind of let them know that I had set this boundary, but also to remind myself because, you know, once I was able to say it over and over, like, I don't check my work email from home, then I was able to feel less guilty and feel more confident in holding that boundary. It was difficult boundary to set, but honestly, it was necessary for my self-care, for my mental health, and my ability to be present with my kiddos at home. So a few other scheduling styles for NPs that I'm thinking of that I want to touch on. Uh, Again, the nine to five 
office schedule is what's most common, but here are some other things that you may see out out there in the world. So in urgent care, this could be uh, a seven day, so most urgent cares are open seven days per week, but not 24 hours. So many of them do 12 hour shifts. So you could potentially have the benefits of working 312s without having to work overnights, though there could be some holiday time mixed in there depending on whether the urgent care stays open on holidays. Some specialties may have a hybrid schedule that involves both clinic time and rounding in the hospital. This would be common in like an academic medical center where the physician or provider office building is attached to the hospital. And, you know, maybe in a specialty like cardiology or orthopedics, you would have some split time. So maybe your mornings are spent rounding and then your afternoons are spent in um, clinic visits. Long-term care, if you're an NP in long-term care, this may involve going to different sites during the day. So you may be responsible for, on a weekly basis, visiting a certain number of patients or a certain number of facilities. And this may have some flexibility in terms of your shift length. So this might be the type of thing where you don't necessarily have to be working from a certain time to a certain time, but you have to see all your patients at these facilities during the week. So because long-term care facilities, people are they live there, they're always there. You could potentially have some scheduling flexibility. So you could, if you needed to take a break to pick up your kids and drop them somewhere, it's the type of thing where you can usually make up your own schedule as long as your work gets done. And as always, disclaimer, this is very much location and employer specific. So this is not an exhaustive list, and there are many other schedule types that I'm sure I haven't mentioned, but uh, I did want to give you the overview of these most common scenarios. So if you're going from an RN to an NP schedule, you might consider this before you even start job searching. So depending on your preferences and your situation and your family needs, some of these things may be non-negotiables for you. And I think that it's good to think about that and recognize it, especially when you're making big career decisions. So you can potentially cater your job search to roles and environments that would be conducive to your scheduling needs in this way. And if you're making a dramatic shift, so if you're deciding to go from 312s to a nine to five, have a sit down with your calendar and your family as needed and decide where you might need some changes in either your support or your responsibility. For example, if you currently work weekends as an RN and you're moving to a traditional office setting as an NP, you may need some help planning family dinners or weeknight dinners during the week. Or if you have things that you usually get done during the week, decide when you will get them done with your new schedule. The other thing to think about if you are considering a traditional nine to five is the possibility of four 10-hour days or working slightly less than full-time. These are some tweaks that you could potentially make to a job that you love if the schedule allows for it. So there are kind of some nuances to these options. For example, you wouldn't be able to work 10-hour days if your clinic isn't currently open that long. But all this to say, I encourage you to think outside the box, especially when it involves your overall life satisfaction in a position. And if you are considering a position that you really love or you're in a position that you really love and the only downside is the schedule, try to think about how it could be 
better for you. And don't be afraid to sit down with your supervisor and try to negotiate a different option from that perspective. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. So as always, feel free to post on Instagram at the resume RX and tag me. I love to know when you are listening and I will catch you again next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.